Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me tonight, Amadou So from King James Gospel. Amadou, what's going on, man? Yes, sir. Great to be on the pod again. Cavs basketball is back. Cavs basketball is indeed back. Since our last episode, we have had two games, two preseason games. The Cavaliers went one and one and in those games. We have the Pacers, the second game against the Pacers, and this first game against the Knicks. We'll have one more against the Knicks coming. We're going to recap the two games today, but before we get into that, I do want to talk about something else real quick. we got to talk about Larry Nance Jr. and what he's doing off the court to start this episode off. Um, Larry Nance Jr. is, is stepping up to help locally owned businesses. Um, what Basically what he's doing is he's asking people to send him shirts, hats, or other pieces of apparel from you know locally owned businesses you know anywhere, whether it's in your area or his. Cleveland area probably in overall. Um, he will wear each of those items that he has sent to a game this year, which he will then get photographed at the game. And he will post about that business, just trying to help bring awareness, which is really a very, very cool thing just to help out the businesses that he is doing. Um, all apparel that he receives after being worn will be donated to homeless shelters. And he will also be selling game-worn jerseys after the games with 100% of the proceeds going to local businesses. And Larry will also match those donations. So just wanted to kind of note that real quick. Amadou, how lucky are we have Larry Nance? <laughs> We're so lucky. I, I love that man. I love him. He's embracing the city. It's great to see. I mean, just embracing the city and just, you know, I mean, just overall just helping people out, you know, he's just yeah like the, the ultimate good guy, you know, someone that mm-hmm. anybody would feel fortunate to have on their side. So hats off to Larry Nance for all he's doing there. Um, really, yep. really, really great stuff there. So we'll, we'll have to see if, I mean, if it's in local Cleveland area, I probably won't recognize any of the businesses, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, as the year goes on, just how many of those different, you know, businesses he actually gets to represent throughout the year so interesting thing to little watch we're going to get into some recaps here we're going to start with the victory that the Cavaliers had a few nights ago they beat the Pacers 116 to 106 in their second preseason game Um, the Cavaliers struggled a little bit early on in this game they were down pretty big in the first quarter but ended up coming back and played well really well the rest of the way uh, still a little bit of rust in this game. Obviously, you, you're going to get a little bit of rust throughout the entire preseason. But um, 
much less sloppy than the first game. I thought tonight's game was kind of the same case to where, you know, there was some bad moments, but overall looking a lot better as time goes on. And um, in this particular game, the Cavaliers were without Colin Sexton, who is still nursing that minor ankle injury. Uh, They were still without JaVale McGee, Charles Matthews, Kevin Porter Jr. Jetty was a late scratch from this game. Kevin dressed it. I think he is like Achilles soreness. And Delhi was in concussion protocol from the first game. So, a lot of guys out, but the Cavaliers still battled. Um, any other just general thoughts from this game, you know, this, this Pacers game, just that stood out to you before we get into the individual players? Um, yeah, just talking about injuries, I think Larry Nance went out too. With uh, I'm pretty yes, sure he's a concussion as well, yeah. but Yeah, thing, in that yeah. game, um, we'll, yeah. we'll get to Larry here in a minute. But, um, yeah, I think he took a shot to the jaw from Miles Turner. Yeah. And he is also in concussion protocol, so he missed mm-hmm. the game against the Knicks tonight. So the Cavaliers were really shorthanded. Yeah. But um, we'll just kind of get into the, into the players here for this game. We'll start with Darius Garland. Um, he had 17 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals in this game. He did go one for five from three. He had six turnovers. Uh, and I think this is again kind of true for Darius. You know, tonight in, against the Knicks as well. Just kind of still working into that to get into a groove a little bit. You know, he's getting there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting 17 points in this game. But it's still just a little, you know, the, the shots aren't all falling. Like I said, one for five from three. Yeah, The drives are looking a lot better, though. You know, the outside shots will fall. It's good to see him continue to kind of get into the lane. You know, he's still not absorbing a whole lot of contact. But he's looking, you know, those stop and starts and just kind of creating a little bit of separation and enough to get one of those floaters off that he likes to yeah. shoot. I think that's been, you know, the, the big the big thing for him. Um, and in this game, like I said, he had six turnovers, which is still preseason. You're allowed to have a little bit of sloppiness. There were some bad ones in this game. Uh, one in particular, he was just kind of dribbling the ball, you know, up at the top of the key. And he just kind of got his pocket picked, just, you know, dribbling the ball right there. Uh, yep. So, what have, and I guess, you know, Ahmed, we haven't had you on here since the preseason has started. What have just been your, your kind of general thoughts here with Darius throughout the preseason so far? Um, again, I like that Darius is being more aggressive. You know, last year looked like at times he was very tentative. He didn't, he was away from the ball a lot. You know, he's working more on ball now, and I love to see that. As for the assists, um, the Pacers, they have some great defensive guards. And those guards, they were playing very aggressive defense. You know, the Pacers, they were being aggressive on the inbound plays. We had a couple turnovers from that, too. And all in all, I think that combined with some of the rest that we've seen, of course, the Cavs haven't played since March. I think that all attributed to the high turnovers that we've seen from not only Garland, but, you know, majority of the team as well. But uh, Garland, as you did say, he had 17 points. You know, he's improving his finishing. His Florida game looks better. Um, You know, he's able to dribble into the paint and, you know, float over tall guys like Miles Turner or DeMontis Sabonis, who we played against in these Pacers games. But, you know, that shot, I don't want to say it's concerning, but, man, I'd, I'd really like to see it hit, you know, even more concerning that coming out of college, that was the big thing for him, you know, his deadly shooting abilities he's able to hit from anywhere you know he was compared to Damian Lillard you know having that Dame like range and it just hasn't been kind of like that also the two assists to six turnovers that's big but I mean you know for Garland if he's scoring like 17 points I mean I don't really look too much into the assists because I feel like he was making some great passes he was orchestrating the offense it was just about guys finishing um I think uh, in the first game uh since you know we didn't talk about that the first game, he had some great passes, but, you know, some guys weren't able to finish. So I don't want to look too much into that. Uh, talking about this Knicks game in the first half, he started off kind of slow, you know, but I think he had 
four assists in the first half, which, you know, is great to see. You know, he's turning it around from, you know, his two assists to six turnovers. And he actually only had one turnover this game. You know, another thing that's great to see. And the second half, you know, I saw him he made a three. I think he made two threes in the second half. Um, he looked much more aggressive, but I don't know. I feel like against a Knicks team, you know, it's understandable why, you know, he might not do too much against the Pacers. You have Brogdon, Oladipo, Aaron Holiday, um, a lot of defensive, you know, guards who have that defensive ability. Against the Knicks, I mean, I would have really liked to see him be more aggressive, you know, orchestrate that offense more. But all in all, I can't be too picky. You know, I like what Garland's doing so far, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the season. It, yeah, you kind of mentioned you know, just the range and how it's just we're not seeing it right now. I I expect that to, to you know, be on the way. I think yeah. we saw enough of that from him last year to where it's just kind of working back into a rhythm right now. I think we're, we're seeing the right things from him right now, and obviously – we, we shouldn't expect him to be, you know, perfect everywhere right now. I, we should expect him to be sloppy in a lot of areas. He's a, still yeah. a second-year guard who had kind of a rough rookie season. So I think, you know, what we're seeing right now from him is positive. We should be expecting flaws, and I, I think that the shooting will come around again. It's been, at this point, three preseason games. At this, you know, the point that we were talking about, two preseason games. So I, I don't think it's I, – I think – you know, you have to be cautious with the preseason judgments sometimes, and I, I feel the same way. You know, I, I kind of do the same thing sometimes. But I think that that's on its way. I, I really do believe that as the season kind of gets rolling and as you're just in more of a, a consistent flow and a consistent rhythm. And also when, when we get some more, you know, actual offensive pieces around him where he can yeah, get some exactly, more Yeah, exactly, like looks, Sexton, KBJ. I feel yeah. Sexton's out. Yeah. You know, Jetty can space the floor. So there's, there's a lot more to be done here before we really, really see, you know, the full product, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Okoro in this first game, who finished with another, you know, rock-solid stat line. Um, had 15 points, 13, not 13, 15 points, three rebounds, four assists. Um, just another great game from him, mm-hmm. continuing to do all the little things well. He did have five fouls in this game, which, again, I'm not going to, you know, look into that too much. I still thought he was really, really good defensively. Um, you know, just little rookie mistakes here, or there. You know, getting a little bit yeah. too aggressive on some of those those fouls. But one thing, like especially in this game, that you can just really, really see with him is just his ability to contest shots mm-hmm. and really alter shots without fouling a lot of times. Um, you know, just being able to to fight through screens and stay in front of guys and just make shots difficult. I think I mentioned Darius getting his pocket picked earlier. I th- I believe I don't remember who it was that actually like stole the ball from him. It may have been one of the Holiday brothers, but on the break, Okoro runs back and basically, you know, forces a miss on the layup, and one of them gets the rebound and he forces another miss, and then it ends up in Sabonis' hands, and yeah, there's That's nothing he can do to stop Sabonis on the block. But overall, it's just things like that. You know that you you really just see at a rookie level. You know that that that's really impressive, and I think overall I, I've I've stayed I've been tremendously impressed with him. He had another efficient shooting night this night. Um, you know he's just been taking good shots and making them. He's making his threes. I, I think he kind of struggled from the line a little bit in this game. I don't have that pulled up on me right now, but I think maybe it was six for ten. But even that's not the worst in the world for one night. He, the shot's definitely not broken. I can keep saying it. Um, yes. 
what yeah. were your thoughts from him in, in this game in particular? Man, um, looking at this Pacers game, one thing that I do want to point out, you said he shot nearly, what, 6 of 10 from free throw line. Getting to the free throw line five times for a guy who was labeled as an off-ball player or cutter is great. You know, again, he shot yes. the ball extremely well. You know, he's looking confident shooting those jumpers. That's what we wanted to see, and that is what we, we are seeing. It's great to see, honestly, defensively, he is doing some of those things that aren't appearing in the box score. But I really love from a core row all throughout, you know, the preseason where he's taken the, you know, assertiveness to guard that best guy. Against the Pacers, he was going against, you know, Brogdon and uh, Oladipo. And the first game in the clutch, you know, he was guarding the ball handle. You see McConnell, he forced a miss. He came back down, hit the game winner. Uh, against the Knicks mm-hmm. game, you know, you've seen him at times. He was on R.J. Barrett. He was guarding the point guard sometimes. I, I really love what I'm seeing so far from Okoro. Um, and he's shown flashes of that on-ball ability. He's had, he's had some great passes, some solid passes to open teammates and stuff. I love to see he's cutting. He's he's just doing everything well. You know, I, it's, it's nothing that you can really complain about. I guess, you know, the foul thing. But, I mean, he's a rookie playing his third preseason yeah. game. I mean, yeah, that, that's going to be something that we're going to see. And that's not even a big of a deal. You know, he's a, a little too aggressive sometimes. But, you know, that overtime, you know, that'll go down and such. I'm just really, really, really impressed with Okoro. I, I love what I'm seeing from him so far. And, and like you said, exactly. I think it's just... You expect rookie mistakes. Yeah. You expect, you know, you expect him to step out of bounds in the corner exactly, once, yep. or you expect him to just be a little bit too anxious, you know, a little bit too antsy, you know, reaching in to try to steal the ball. I, yeah. Little things like that are going to happen, and that's fine. But overall, just his decision making and his maturity level for his age Has are really, really yes. at a high, 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 high level for a basketball player. So it is, it's really great to see. As it continues, um, we'll get into Drummond here in this game. The Andre Drummond experience was surprisingly well, fully you know? felt in this game. But yeah, yeah, not not bad, not bad at all. Um, Seventeen points, eleven rebounds. He had two steals, three blocks. Shot six for eight from the field. Um, both of both of those threes, or both of those missed shots out of his out of his eight were threes. Mm-hmm. Um, he had two steals, you know, both at the end of quarters that ended up in, in three point heaves, one of which went in <laughs> Andre had, I think a steal in like in the backcourt and he took it across the court and at about half court, yeah. put it up and made it at the buzzer. He had another one where he almost did the same thing. It was on, you know, that half of the court, but he stole an inbound pass, I think, and put up a corner three that almost went in. But, um, overall, like. Yes, there are still moments there. He kind of tried to, you know, show a little bit of sauce sometimes when maybe he should, yeah. you know, dribbling out on the perimeter, trying to whip a pass in. But overall, like, this was a good game for him. He limited his turnovers. I think he only had, like, maybe two turnovers in this game. So solid on defense, obviously. He was very, very active there, protecting the rim, you know, coming up with steals. Again, you know, the one where he almost made a second buzzer beater, you know, came back and stole an inbound pass. It's things like that mm-hmm. that you like to see, just catching guys off guard. Um, I don't think he made any terribly stupid mistakes on the defensive end. Like I said, there there, there will be some on the offensive end, but how do you feel about Drummond here? Man, Drummond has really surprised me. Um, you said everything. Uh, he's being He's putting in the effort, and that's really what I want to see. You know, aside from all the extra things that he tries to do sometimes – 
he's looked really good as a, a post player, a paint presence. You know, he's posting up guys, post hooks, you know, he's bodying guys. I mean, he is 270, so this is exactly what we like to see out of Drummond. Rebounding, he's altering shots, he's defending. He had one crazy block against Victor Oladipo. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Throughout, yeah, throughout the preseason, Drummond has looked well. And now, you know, my only gripe, of course, you mentioned it, he he tries a little bit too much sometimes, you know, dribbling the ball, you know, when he should just pass it. I think he had one turnover uh, in, in the Pacers game when he was just trying to do too much dribbling, when he could have just gave it to Garland and let Garland overshoot the offense. But, I mean, you know, hopefully he tones that down. But besides that, I mean, he's been I, – I love what I'm seeing from Drummond so far. One thing that I did kind of find entertaining was he hit that, that half-court buzzer mm-hmm. beater. And as soon as the next quarter started, he, the yep. very first shot, the very <laughs> first opportunity he got, he put up a three mm-hmm. and didn't make it. But kind of saw that coming from him. Yeah, <laughs> Just, listen to express it again. He, he it, it's an experience watching Andre mm-hmm. Drummond play yeah. basketball, and um, we're we're living it right now. Yeah. So, but overall, yeah, this was this was a good game from Andre. Um, and we, we talk about, you know, him putting up empty stats sometimes. I think this was an actual, you know, good contribution from him as far as just, you know, doing yeah. good things on, on both ends of the floor. We'll move on to another starter in this game. He got the start with Osman out. Damian Dotson, who, you know, was red hot in his first game against the Pacers, mm-hmm. um, has cooled off a little bit since. In this game in particular, like I said, wasn't on fire like he was in the first game, but I thought he was still solid. Um, had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, again, I, the shooting wasn't a great night. I think maybe he shot 2 for 7. I don't remember again off the top of my head. This was a little while ago now. But, you know, still just kind of proving to be, you know, someone who, as I said, I, I don't think he's, you know, anything absurd off the, or with the ball in his hand, but you know, more of an on-ball creator than I originally kind of expected him to be. And um, just overall... If this is someone who ends up in the rotation, you know, someone that I would not be upset seeing in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do you feel about, you know, him so far? Yeah, I'm liking what Dotson has showed us so far. Again, like you stated, he does have that on-ball ability as well as the ability to play off-ball. That's always great to have in a guy who's, you know, I don't know what you call a Dotson, a two or three, you know, that wing combo. Um, something the Cavs haven't had off the bench since Jordan Clarkson, I guess you could say last year, but um, it's something nice to have um, in limited minutes, of course. Now, uh, Dotson is a guy that we talked about previously. I thought maybe, you know, could have beaten out Exum for a backup spot. Doesn't look like that'll be the case. We can get to that a little bit later, but yeah, so far, you know, he's shown that on-ball ability. Like you said, that first paper game, he was probably the reason why we won that game. You know, he was hitting some tough shots in the clutch, uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, on-ball, off-ball, I love what I'm seeing so far from Dotson. And um, so I'm excited to, and, and interested to see, you know, what his role will be with this team. Well, why don't we get into that a little bit here? Um, obviously, after the performance that he had, Dante Exum was named by J.B. Sticker... Bickerstaff, I almost... Sticker Baff. Bickerstaff, um, the backup point guard, had a fantastic performance in this game, put up 23 points... Four rebounds, five assists. He shot seven for 11 from the field. Six for six from the line. I believe he was three for five from three. Um, Obviously, the player of the night, he took over in the fourth quarter. um, And really just, when he was kind of the leader of the floor uh, in that fourth quarter, kind of taking those G League guys with him, obviously he, Mm -hmm. you know, stepped up. 
but he played well the entire game, I thought. He, like I said, showed that ability to hit the corner three, which is something that I think is going to be very, very important for him. You know, we talk about, you know, what is his role on this team, and if he's not going to be able to shoot the ball, then it might not be very much. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to show that ability to, again, just catch and shoot, feet set, have the ability to hit threes, I think in this game at least he obviously showed that he's capable of doing that. Um, had a lot of crafty drives into the lane, a lot of, you know, even for his kind of slender frame, strong finishes, yeah. I thought, and is just able to kind of, and obviously I, I think this was a, you know, most of his takeover came again against G League players, but showed the ability to just kind of take charge when he's on the floor. How did you think mm-hmm. he played in this game? Yeah, I thought he played well, of course, you know. He was one that, you know, led us to that win. Um, but an interesting thing that uh, I think he talked about uh, with Angel Gray in his postgame interview, Dante is looked at as a veteran now. So he's talking about how, like, you know, guys actually listen to him now. And it's great to see, you know, like you said, he was able to take the charge to end that game. But, um, I mean, he's earned that backup spot. I mean, his only competition was, like, Matthew Delvadova. He hasn't really been playing. You could have said Damian, but I don't know if Damian is really a, a point guard. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Axum would gel, you know, alongside, like, a Kevin Porter Jr., considering that not either of those guys are much off-ball, have much off-ball potential at that. But I love what I saw from Axum. Like you said, his slashing ability last game was great. Um, I like how he orchestrated the offense. He was making some nifty passes. Um, he was playing defense, of course. I'm excited to see what he can do in that backup point guard role. Yeah. Um, how how long do you think, I guess we can talk about now, just from what you've seen from both of them so far now, I thought, you know, obviously Damian had the great first game. Dante had the great second game. Yeah. We didn't see Dante Exum in this next game. Where Where is your opinion at with both of them? And if, if you're not looking at it from a positional standpoint, but just a pure, you know, who deserves minutes more? Mm-hmm. Who are you kind of leaning towards at this point? Well, if I'm looking at both, I'm probably looking at their fit alongside Kevin Porter Jr. I feel like that would be a big indicator on who would probably get that backup guard spot. Because like we said, you know, Kevin Porter, you know, if he's on the court or whatever, you know, lineup he's playing him, he's probably going to get a lot of on-ball opportunities. So you'd probably want, you know, a guy who's great off the ball. And, you know, Dotson has that as well as an on-ball ability. But you could say Axum is a better facilitator than Dodson is. So maybe that plays, you know, a part in it. So I feel like whichever one will get, you know, more of an opportunity or more minutes, you know, kind of falls on the hands of what the Cavs want to do with Kevin Porter Jr. I feel like if Kevin Porter Jr. is on the floor with, you know, without Sexton or Garland, I feel like we'll probably see Dotson next to him. But let's say, you know, uh, I don't know, KPJ's off the floor. You got one of Garland or Sexton and you got like Windler. I think that's where we'll see, you know, Axum get more of those minutes over Dotson. I think that's an interesting take because I just, I, you know, we say that, you know, Dante has earned the backup point guard role and yeah. I don't think, you know, that we should discredit that, but mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be hard to take away minutes from Dotson, at least at the beginning yeah. to see how they both play against NBA level players, because I just don't think, and I mean, we've seen Damien in the starting lineup. He's had a couple of quiet ish nights now. But I don't think he's done anything to say that, you know, well, this guy isn't a rotation player on this team. I think yeah. they're both going to be given a shot early on in the season, even though Dante has been kind of, you know, praised at least publicly a little bit more by, you know, the coaching staff, it seems like. But um, overall, I'm pleased with both of them. Like I said, we'll, we'll have to see. I think Dante was out in this game with, he was a late scratch with like a hip 
was the reasoning, I think. I don't know exactly what was going on there. It's probably nothing serious. We'll hit on the last starter in this game, which was Larry Nance, who, as we alluded to, left the game early. He took a shot to the jaw from Miles Turner, um, entered concussion protocol at that point, and was unavailable tonight. But um, played 15 minutes in this game, had three points, two assists, four turnovers. Um, was fine in his limited minutes in this game. Got the start with with Love out. Like I said, I don't think that we got to see too much from Larry in this game. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll ask you, I guess, a little bit more again about the first game. How do you feel like, just just again, from what you've seen in the first and second game, your, your thoughts on Larry Nance so far this season? Yeah, so far in the preseason, I like him. You know, that first game, he was, uh, or the Cavs were playing that kind of big lineup that we talked about in previous pods with Nance at the three. I thought it worked out well, you know. Nance is going to give you, you know, his, you know, athleticism. He's going to sky up for for lobs, uh, play defense at the three. You know, at the three, I feel like that's where he's. I don't want to say he's better at the three, but I feel like for the team, for the Cavaliers, I feel like that's where he's probably better fit, considering he's only six seven. I mean, you, you can still, of course, they're still power forwards for six seven, but they're quicker. Nance, I don't know if he has that quickness. So at the three. I like like what I saw. I really do like what I saw. Of course, that last game, he didn't play much. And even if, even, you know, in 15 minutes, it wasn't really much to take away from that. But yeah, Nance in a three is really interesting. You know, I'm, I'm actually liking that experiment, if you call it that, that the Cavs are doing. And I'm excited to see what, you know, big, bigger staff does with him. I do want to see him shoot the three with a little bit more confidence than he has been. I think if, if I can, see, you know, look at one thing with Larry this offseason or this, this preseason and say, you know, one thing that I'd like to see him do differently, which overall, like I said, I thought he played an outstanding first game and I, he didn't really get an opportunity to do much in this game because he left early. But the one thing I, I just, I wish he would be a little bit more aggressive, you know, stop. And I feel like a lot of Cavs are doing it right now, but stop just fit, pump faking at the three point line and then driving mm-hmm. in and kicking out, but actually take the three. Um, especially in a preseason setting like this, and we probably yeah. won't end up seeing him in another preseason game, but I'd like to see a little bit more aggression out of him. Yeah. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Moving down the list here, Dylan Windler in this Pacers game had seven points, four assists. He was one for three from three. We finally saw him hit one of those three-point shots again. He kind of just seemed like he was a little bit nervous, a little bit, you know, over, over giddy a little bit in that first game and just – didn't look comfortable, but he finally saw a three fall. I think he did have one bad miss in this game as well, but overall just looked a little bit more comfortable on the floor. Um, 
as I alluded to, a couple rough moments, but overall doing a lot of good things, a lot of little things right. Um, continuing to be active on defense is, I think, important for him. Um, obviously, he had the big rebounding night in the first game that he played, but even in these, you know, second couple games, just showing you know quality rebounding instincts, um, coming up with you know deflections on defense, just smaller things like that that I've I've really liked to see out of Dylan. How did you feel he played in this game? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, that's something that I want to point out: his ability to disrupt lanes, you know, grab rebounds, you know potentially even alter shots if he gets an opportunity. That all comes from, I've seen, you know, Dylan on the screen. He looks pretty, you know, his wingspan, I think it's, what, 6'10"? You know, he has that length there. So um, that's something great to have, you know, in a player who's, you know, supposed to be a marksman. Now, of course, his three maybe hasn't been falling at the clip that, you know, you'd want it to, but he's coming off of a year of not playing basketball. You know, he said it himself. You know, he sometimes he feels his mus- muscles ache and such. Had some pretty bad misses, but, I mean, it's the preseason. Who, who, who really cares? Uh, his ability to, uh, to work off ball as a cutter, you know, moving around screens, it's been great. That's what I've really been noticing out of Dylan, and that's what I've been uh, loving. You know, I feel like that's going to be great, you know, in whatever lineups he's, he's working in. Um, but, yeah, his slashing ability has been great. His ability to disrupt passing lanes, I really like. Um, all in all, when the nerves, you know, really start to settle down and he really starts to, you know, get accustomed to the NBA, get his feet wet. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do, and I think he's he's going to be you know pretty good for us. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. We'll move down to Dean Wade, who also got into this game and made an impact. We kind of we, we kind of finally got to see Dean Wade come out and really impact a game here for the yeah. first time, really in a Cavs uniform. Um, had eight point seven rebounds, shot fifty percent from three, two for four. Just his confidence, you know, kind of continuing to grow on the floor. Just like, kind of in the same sense of Dylan Windler, just kind of feeling more comfortable on the floor and more like he belongs there and just kind of fitting into the offense a little bit better, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, albeit against back-of-the-roster guys, I thought one thing about Dean that's impressed me a little bit so far is his defensive ability, which mm-hmm. I think has kind yeah. of been, you know, one thing that has been looked at with him where it's like, that's what's going to keep him from getting any sort of minutes in the mm-hmm. NBA is the fact that, he, you know, who does he guard? And again, you know, he's not going up against high-level offensive players, but I thought he's done a really, really nice job of just staying in front of guys and not getting yeah. blown by when someone puts the ball on the floor. You know, not... I think there was an instance in this Pacers game where, you know, he, a guy tried to, like, pump fake and draw a three-point play out on the, on the three-point line and Dean contested the shot but didn't fall for it, you know. And I think it's just – it's things like that that, you know, it, it takes a while for a lot of guys to pick up. And if that's something that he's kind of starting to, you know, understand now, there could be a quicker route for him to minutes than originally anticipated. How do you feel yeah. about him? Yeah, I might agree on that. I feel like his defense is better than many people anticipated, which is, you know, a great thing to see. Um but for me, what I like, you you also hit on this, in that Pacers game, and again, in this Knicks game, he has not hesitated on any threes. You know, I love, you know, the catch-and-shoot ability. You know, he's, if you pass in the ball, he's, he's going to shoot it. He was knocking him down. Uh, today, he shot three or five from three uh, for the Cavaliers. It's great to see, you know, he has that ability to shoot the ball. Um, defensively, you know, that's still, you know, question mark. Um, again, he has been going against, you know, lesser talent, but... um. Overall, I'm, I'm happy with what Dean Wade has provided. You know, he's shown that, you know, maybe he does deserve a spot on this Cavaliers team. 
looking at one more guy here from this game, and we'll get into some other guys here in a minute too, but one guy who I really wanted to talk about was Levi Randolph. We saw him get his first real action in this game. Came in, got six points, had four assists, um, just showed some shot-making ability in his first opportunity to, you know, really play. Obviously, Levi is one of the veterans on this, you know, active roster right now at the age of 28. Um, Not a lot of NBA experience, of course. But um, I I think you can kind of see that when you watch him play a little bit. Um, Just kind of a calmer presence. Again, you know, he's not someone who's panicking out on the floor. Not exactly a force out there either, you know. I mean, he he had some nice shots in this game. Um, And and while he did have four assists, I thought he kind of missed a couple of passes too. There was one, I don't remember who it was in the corner. It may have been Okoro in the corner where, like, Okoro was wide open and he was standing at the top of the key and just completely missed him. But um, overall, I thought, you know, he looked solid in, you know, these couple games that he's played now. And just, again, this isn't someone who probably has a real role in the NBA, but on a preseason roster like this and in preseason games, you know, kind of has a a steadying presence and can just kind of help bring along some of the young guys. So I think there is value to having someone out there like that. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about how he brushed somebody off, that was the Pacers game, correct? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was saying like today, I think I saw him do that again today. Um, I believe he had a Coral running to the corner and he sort of kind of just brushed him off. Um, but, you know, like you said, you know, he has shown some ability to, you know, hit a shot. I honestly, I didn't realize that he was 28 until the announcer said it today. That kind of surprised oh, me. Really? I believe he said, yeah. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> yeah. like a 28-year-old. Yeah, I was kind of like, wow, okay. But, um, you know, he does have some on-ball ability that we've seen. Um, again, there were some times, yeah, you know, he wasn't making the passes that I wanted him to. But I don't know if that was just him trying to show off his dribbling handles and show, you know, the Cavaliers what he could do. But, I mean, you know, he had some good moments. You know, that's what I like to see out of these players who are, you know, it's on a fringe if they're going to make a roster or not or even a G League spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One more guy that I kind of want to get into for this game. There are a couple other guys that got minutes. We can talk a little bit more about them, you know, in the second half of this year. But um, Lamar Stevens is someone who I wanted to mention, another guy who got into the game for the first time in this Pacers yeah. game. Um, had four points, six rebounds, uh, got his first technical foul. And about his first 20 seconds of NBA action, albeit preseason action, um, I think it was the play where Isaac Okoro was Okoro kind of on the ground. And, yeah, and Jakar Samson. Jakar Samson kind of, yeah. got all up in his face for literally mm-hmm. no, reason. no reason. And <laughs> Lamar yeah, Stevens barked back at him. That. So, yeah. Good for Lamar Stevens, you know, for, for fighting back and protecting his guy. You know, that's, that's not a, a technical foul that you're upset to see him pick yeah. up, I don't think, at least for me. Um, someone who I think plays strong around the rim, you know, he, I mean, he got six rebounds and this isn't somebody who shoots the ball. He gets his, his points off of cuts off of, you know, just kind of offensive rebounds, stuff like that. But, um, overall, I thought he looked fine in this game. Again, he kind of had a limited run, but, and I'll get more into him a little bit when we talk about him in this, in this Knicks game. But, uh, any, any first impressions on getting to see Lamar Stevens play in the Cavs uniform? Yeah, you know, again, he had six rebounds. You like to see that. One thing I do want to say, that lob that he caught from Exum, oh, my goodness, it looked like he levitated. You know, he, he has some bounce, some serious yeah. bounce. You know, he's an athlete, but, you know, six rebounds, four points. You know, he contributed to the win in his limited minutes. And, you know, that's all I wanted to see was some contribution, you know, whether it be on the defensive end, offensive end. You know, that dunk, I feel like he probably deserves a roster spot off that. But uh, I like what I saw from Lamar Stevens in his limited role. 
looking at some of the guys who got some run in this game, uh, Marquise Bolden had 10 minutes. He put up six points, three rebounds. I, I thought he looked it looked good in his limited yes. minutes in this game. He had a nice putback in there. Um, I think we can get into him a little bit more, you know, in in this Knicks game again because I thought he had mm-hmm. a bigger role here. Thon uh, yeah. only played like six minutes in this game. Had a couple of rebounds. Again, not really enough to make a real judgment off, at least for me. And Matt Mooney got his first minutes in this game. Came up with a rebound and an assist. Uh, when he got in there, I thought he moved the ball fine. I think that's kind of what he's good for at this point is just moving the yeah. ball fine. Um, he missed a bunny in the paint in this game. Like, literally had the ball four feet away from the basket and hit front rim. Yeah. And then I think he may have ended up with a rebound there and then missed the follow-up as well. But um, for many of those last few guys, there are anything notable that stuck out to you in this game before we kind of move on to the next? Um, just Bolden. I like that Bolden was you know pretty disruptive on both ends of the floor, but yeah, that's really it. Before we get into the Knicks game recap from tonight, um, have a little bit of an ad read here for the first time on the podcast. Basketball is back, and it is the perfect time to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has fantasy point totals associated with the over or under based on its each, uh, based on its likelihood to occur. And the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up points with a rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. You can download the Thrive Fantasy app from thrivefantasy.com or on the App Store. Use the promo code KLOVE, that is K-L-O-V-E, Kevin Love, think Kevin Love, KLOVE, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. So with that, we will get into this next game here. Cavaliers went down late in this one. They had the lead pretty much the entire game. Final score was 193 here. Um, I, I Overall, I think that the Cavaliers still played a good game here. Yeah. Um, again, you know, some sloppiness, which you expect. And I think this is just going to be a team that's turnover prone the entire season. Mm-hmm. But it, it's to be expected in a preseason game. I think where the Cavs lost it down the end was just not having enough actual exactly, NBA yeah. players yeah. to actually produce mm-hmm. anything that resembles an offense. Mm-hmm. And at that, <laughs> while think, the Knicks were still playing their starters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Their starters and Emmanuel quickly, who really yeah. kind of went off there. But, um, yeah, Any? how do you think just in general the team looked in this game compared to others? Um, yeah, I thought the team actually played well, you know. Um, I like Bickerstaff actually adjusting and going into a zone, seeing that the Knicks weren't able to hit shots. I really love that. Um, that kind of spurred, you know, another Cavs run on top of that. And to end a third, I think they were up by, what, at least 15, you know. Um, looking at some yeah. individual guys, though, uh, I think Drummond played well, you know, against uh, a guy like Mitch Robinson, who was known to be, you know, a good shot blocker. Um, kind of put him in foul trouble there in the beginning. Um, I like that he had five assists, you know, you know, dishing out, finding some open teammates. Uh, Garland 
in the first half, I mean, you know, he did have those assists, but, you know, like I alluded to, you know, earlier, he was missing some bunnies. I don't know, you know, if Mitchell Robinson had an effect on that or if, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. was playing some some good defense on some shots, but some shots that I'd really like him, you know, to make, he missed. But, you know, he turned it around in the second half and his, I think, I don't know how many minutes he played in the second half. I think it was, what, seven, eight? He didn't play much, but, much. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okoro did his usual thing. He shot two of three from three again. He had two steals. Um, you know, he did have those fouls like we we're talking about, but again, he's a rookie, you know, they're gonna do that. Uh one player in particular that I want to discuss, uh Dylan Windler had an efficient game, you know. Off ball yes, again, did. like we yeah. Off ball, he's moving. Um he made two threes. You should like to see, you know, he's coming in known to be a sharpshooter, you like to see that. Um Bolden again was disruptive on both sides. Bolden had like three blocks. You know, he was doing his thing out there. I love to see that. Uh, Dean Wade, again, another guy we talked about. Overall, I like the Cavs did today. Personally, I feel like this is a win in my books. I mean, you know, at the end there, you had the the Cavs, excuse me, playing G-Leaguers while Tom Thibodeau was still running his, you know, almost his starting lineup. I think they had actually Obi Toppin in there instead of Julius Randle, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. We can get into uh, Andre Drummond in this game to start, I think. Uh, somebody who had again eighteen points, four re- or fourteen rebounds, five assists. Uh, also hit an actual three pointer in this game. He shot two yeah. of them. He shot one really early on and shot one later and actually made a a normal three point shot. So, mm-hmm. you know what, Andre? If it's if it's gonna be in in spurts, you know, just just limited attempts. Mm-hmm. Go for it every now and then, I guess. <laughs> in the preseason, especially, it's yeah. okay. But twenty minutes, you know, tonight. Again, I thought he played well. I think <sighs> overall it, it's kind of frustrating because you talk about those five assists. There was kind of a period of time where it was kind of back-to-back-to-back possessions, I think, where one possession he has the ball kind of in the mid post, mm-hmm. makes a great find to a shooter on the wing, you know, cross-court pass, you know, bullet pass that was perfect. Next possession, he kind of starts to, you know, get a little bit overconfident. I think yeah. it was Windler was down beneath the basket and tries to whip one to him, and it's just a horrible pass that, yeah. you know, is a turnover. But then he comes back again and makes a good pass to whoever it was. I think, was that to Okoro, maybe? I don't remember, but makes, you know, kind so. of a full court length pass to a guy who either ended up getting a bucket or getting fouled. But, you know, just kind of. Again, trying to trying to do a little bit too much at times, mm-hmm. but also actually making some plays sometimes. Which yeah, again, it's it's <laughs> it's what you're gonna get from him is you know some production and some some head scratching moments. But um, yeah, overall, I thought he he t- did a good job down low. Um, had some really really strong moves against Mitchell Robinson. Did a good job getting him into foul trouble early. Yeah, you know, if that was something that they that they intended to do, they did a good job with it. Um, overall, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where Andre is at yeah. right now throughout the preseason. Yeah. Like, I'd agree, yeah. again, someone who can really kind of frustrate at you at times, but you're coming in, not knowing how he would look. And another thing with Andre, like, I feel like, especially in this game, like, and he doesn't always lead by example, but he's kind of embracing a little bit of a leadership role with this team. Mm-hmm. Whereas last yeah. year he just kind of came in and was doing his own thing. Like, you kind of see him mentoring some of the young guys a little bit more than he has in the past, which, yeah. again, like, 
I don't think is a, a bad thing. He's one of the older guys on this team, and especially in a night like tonight where you literally have your G League squad rolling out, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. So yeah. a good game from Andre, like you said. Um, getting into Darius in this game had 13 points, 5 assists. Um, an, another kind of cold shooting night. Um, 4 for 13 from the field, which isn't good. He did go 2 for 3 from 3 this game. Overall, just like I said, still kind of working into a groove. Still got yeah. some of those shots. Um, I think going up against someone like Mitchell Robinson, who, again, fouls a lot, but mm-hmm. also does kind of have that shot-blocking presence around the rim. Yeah. You know, just having having a guy like Darius whose game is kind of, like I've said in the past, based on shooting over top of people or around people, having the length of a guy like Mitchell Robinson, you know, is not a great matchup for Darius down low. Um so, overall, I guess, I mean, he, he cleaned up his turnovers a little bit. He ended up with just the one in this game, I believe. So, again, I, like like we said last time, I think I'm okay with where Darius is at right now. Yeah. I think there's still, you know, some clear flaws, but it's nothing that's not fixable. And overall, I think as the season progresses, he's, he's too talented offensively to where, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's going to get it all together at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like, you know, another interesting thing, he seemed to have like a short-term memory today where, you know, Mitchell Robinson will probably, you know, alter a shot or block a shot. He'll, you know, next offensive best, he'll come back down again and try it again. You know, I really like that. Um, looks like his confidence is growing last year. I don't think he'd do something like that, but, you know, I'd still personally like to see him work more on ball. It was a lot of times, you know, for the Cavs today, whether it was Garland or Matt Mooney as a point guard, where it's the bigs would, you know, kind of bring the ball up. Von Maker would, you know, get the ball to the top of the key and then look for other guys. I, I don't know. I, I personally like to see more on ball from the guards, from Darius exactly, um, excuse me, um, specifically. And also, I mean, with Andre Drummond, I'd like to see Drummond and Garland more, you know, in the pick and roll, you know, type of thing. We see Mitchell Robinson, you know, he's, a, a good rim protector. I kind of want to see what Mitchell Robinson can do in space. I feel like that's an area that they could potentially exploit or exploit it. Maybe that's something to look for next game. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm content with what Garland's doing right now. Of course, you know, he's going to have some growing pains last year. You know, what he played basketball for the first time in a year. He was thrown into the wolves. All that stuff. He's worked hard this offseason to get better. And, um, you know, I feel like as the season progresses, we're going to start to see more and more of Garland and what he's capable of doing. And I'm excited. Very excited. You talked about, you know, seeing a little bit more of the, the Garland Drummond pick and roll. That is not something we've seen a lot, you know, yeah. to this point is Andre Drummond and pick and rolls. That's something that we've seen really hardly any of now that I really kind of think yeah. about it. Like a lot of, you know, Andre's touches have been, again, in the pain, low yeah. post, mid toast, mm-hmm. toast, post, mm-hmm. and, you know, off of rebounds, off of drives from the, the wing yeah. or whatever. But not a lot of pick and roll from him, which, you know, is maybe that maybe we'll see a little bit more of that when we get Colin Sexton in there, someone who is again, you know, a little bit more of a guy who wants to drive mm-hmm. to the rim. But um something just yeah. to kinda of watch because it's not something we've seen a lot of. Uh something else we just kinda of want to get into tonight is just looking at where we're at with, with Andre Drummond right now and you know, we're we're kinda of seeing, especially with, you know, the Giannis extension ha- playing out now a lot of guys kind of dropping off of the market in the free agency this upcoming year. How are you feeling about Andre Drummond's future right now? And just yeah. kind of as far as, 
you know, what his value is around the league, you know, what his next contract's going to look like. Do you think that's here? Do you think it's somewhere else? Just where, where are you kind of at on Drummond as a whole yeah. right now? Um, this is interesting because I actually kind of made a prediction in my last article, but for Drummond, I'm, I feel like it's a lot of variables you got to take in, you know? He, I feel like he's a, a great just post presence, paint presence. I mean, he is 270. He can move a lot of guys in the league around, you know, as that post guy. And I mean, for the Cavaliers, you know, they have a lot of spacing to give him those opportunities to work well in the paint. He's a great rebounder. Again, you know, he has that ability to alter shots. We saw that, you know, in the Pacers game. When he's locked in, when he's engaged, he's a great NBA player. But it's just about, you know, how much is he going to be locked in? And especially in preseason games, you know, for so far, it's been great. Honestly, it's been great. Honestly, uh, he's been engaged a lot. But like we talked about, you know, for every great play that Andre makes, it's always a bad play that more than likely will come around. You know, he's passing the ball well, but he's trying to do too much and swinging passes, you know, out of just all over the place. You know, he's stepping out for three on occasion. He'll make one. He'll come back down and, and do it again when it, that just isn't necessary. Sometimes he can be a black hole on offense. I, I don't know. It's a lot to take in. I mean, I feel like if he can tone those down, tone those mistakes down, yeah, you know, Andre could be somebody that the Caps look to bring back on a short-term deal. You know, I, I personally probably like to see that, but, you know, it's a lot of basketball to be played. You know, a lot can change in, you know, these next uh, few, several months that we have of basketball. So it's going to be an interesting topic throughout the year. Uh, as it stands right now, I think maybe the Cavs would lean towards possibly extending him, but only to a short-term deal. I'm talking two years at, at max, honestly. Um, and then if the Cavs still want to go into this draft and look at a big man, maybe like an Evan Mobley, you know, you give him a two-year team. So next year, you know, he's starting while Mobley is working his way into the league or whatever, or whoever, you know, they select. If, if it's a bigger wing, I don't know. But either way, if they are looking for a replacement, and actually – that's something that I also want to talk about. You know, we talk about drum and trades and such like this. For one, I just don't know where a trade could happen this season. And two, if we do look to trade Drummond, what is our backup plan? What is our replacement for him? Because the replacement for Drummond really isn't on the team right now. So I feel like that's why I believe. I don't, I don't think a trade would happen for Drummond. And that's kind of my reason as to why I feel like an extension might happen. Because there just isn't a replacement for him. Well, I think you have to look at what you're getting back in a drum and trade, which obviously is a hundred percent unknown right now. Yeah. But if you can get a playable center back up, you know, back in that, then that's something you consider. Other than that, you have Javale on the roster. Um, if the Cavaliers really, really need him, I don't. You know, obviously he's been someone who's brought up as a potential buyout candidate. But if the Cav, if he has a a seriously like you know important role, I don't think that that's a route that they would take. Um, I we'll get into Thon here in a minute, but I, I don't think that Thon is going to get cut from this team at this point. So that's another mm-hmm. guy that you have that can play there. I think Kevin Love can play enough minutes. We've again heard reports that he's built up to play five a little bit more. I think Larry can play there in spurts. So I think you have enough to at least cover for you know the half a season that you have without you know that really big true center in there, and maybe you end up with a center in the draft. You know you don't know. But it is an interesting idea of, you know, just looking at what are the Cavaliers options going to be next free agency if they if their options are limited. It wouldn't make it it makes some sense to look at extending him on a short term deal. I think, you know, what you had in your article was a a two year with a second year team option. Yeah. And 
that's something that if you just need him for one more year as a stopgap, I mm-hmm. wouldn't, you know, think is the worst thing in the world. And obviously, yeah. at that point, you know, that's essentially a one-year contract. You don't have to pick up the, the second-year mm-hmm. option. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And we'll have to see how the season plays out. We'll have to see how he, how he fits when more pieces are incorporated. Because, again, right now, he's being leaned on heavily for offense. Once Sexton yeah. and Kevin Porter are in here and other guys are in here, you know, his role is going to have to change. We're going to have to see how he reacts to that. Because if he's doing some of the stuff he's doing now when there are more important mouths to feed – then I think you start getting into a little bit of a problem. But again, yeah. that's that's to be seen, really. And we, we can't make that judgment now. And I, I think, you know, there was a point in time where it was like, you know, is there any chance? In, in my opinion, it was looking like, you know, there was no chance that, you know, he was going to get an extension. And I don't think mm-hmm. he's, there's still any chance of him getting yeah. a long-term extension. But something like a one-year or one year deal or a, a two-year deal with a, with a team option on it, or a non-guarantee on it. That's something that I think is is very realistic, at least at this moment. Yeah. So, like you said, just kind of something to watch out for. But um, we'll, we'll move on here to talk about a couple other guys. I thought Okoro played really, really well again tonight. Um, Slotnin is the starting small forward again. Had 10 points, two steals, a couple of assists. Shot three for, again, three for five from the field. Mm-hmm. Had an efficient night, two for three from three. Um, hit both of his free throws. I mean, at, at this point, like, and I'm not calling him a high-level shooter. I'm not, and, and, you know, he could very, very well drop off by the time the season starts and, you know, hit a bit of a slump in February or whatever. But how long until we, we just, you know, completely, you know, stop calling him a non-shooter, which is what he was labeled at the time of the draft. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, like, in every single preseason game that he's played, like, he is confidently taking his shots. Yes. He's confidently taking threes and he's making his threes. Like the shot looks good. And again, he's not taking super difficult attempts, but like it is far beyond what I feel like almost everybody expected from him at this point. And I mean, where, where are you at with that? Yeah. I, I honestly agree with what you're saying. I personally feel like, the talk about him being a non-shooter stops now because everybody was talking about Okoro as like the shooting was just going to be a non-factor. Right now, it's, yeah. it's a big factor. He's confident. Like you said, he's confidently taking those threes and he's hitting them. You know, like you said, he could go into a slump, you know, and that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't even be mad at that. But right now, I feel like all that non-shooters talk has to stop because he's showing us that he has that capability. And it's great to see it. It opens the offense up a lot more. And you, that's not something that you can really just sag off of. You know, you're going to have to, you know, give him some attention. And I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving what Okoro, he, he's silencing his critics so far. And it's been great. It's, it's been great. Looking at the one of the other starters in this game, Thon Maker getting his first preseason start at the power forward position. Again, I, I kind of mentioned last time that I don't think power forward is a position that we're going to see Thonmaker playing a ton. Yeah. But in a matchup like Indiana, where you you know they start both Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis against the Knicks, where they start Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, I think both of those guys are kind of you know not perfect matchups, especially being a Julius Randle who just kind of you know bullies his way into the paint, whereas Thon mm-hmm. is kind of thin. Yeah. But in those types of you know two big 
two big ish lineups. I think he can fit in there, and especially on a night like tonight where you're just kind of grasping for anything. I mean, he didn't have the best night, and, and that's fine. He ended up with five points, six rebounds. Um, didn't shoot the ball well from the field. Went one for six. Um, I, yet to make a three, I think, two in the preseason. He went 0 for two tonight. Um, overall, I, I still think that Thonmakers had a fine preseason. Um, again, didn't really bring it a ton tonight. But overall, I how do you feel about Thon? I, I, I'm still... I'm still happy with what he's yeah. done up to this point. Yeah, I can say that I'm happy with what he's done. I mean, he is a training camp deal. So, you know, for what you got him for, I mean, he's providing. Like you said, I just I just don't know about Thon at the four. I don't think that's something the Cavs will probably do ever again, to be honest. Unless it's a night like tonight where everybody's injured. and you Everyone's know, he's, injured. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's literally a last resort. Um, so this game, I don't know. I mean, I, he was playing at the four. I, I didn't really like it. I don't, I don't really want to take this game too much into account because – it was a last resort type of thing. But, um, you know, like the matchups, like you say, against, you know, even Indiana. I mean, is that something that you still do? Because who do you match up against? I don't, I don't want, you know, Fon to be matching up against a bonus. He'd probably have to match up against a Miles Turner who, you know, who's more yeah. perimeter orientated or, yeah, you know, he's in a guy who, you know, bangs down low. And that's when you have the drumming against the Sabonis. Maybe that, you know, is a lot better. But, yeah, I just, I just don't that, think I like the, the Thon. That's the situation yeah, I think... I think that's like the situation where you can do it is have him yeah. guard a guy like Miles Turner who isn't going to punish you down low because that's just not yeah. really Miles Turner's game. Like Sabonis so killed him in that little yes. mini series mm-hmm. against the Pacers, but I think you know he he doesn't have a problem guarding someone like Miles. So yeah, I, I think if we ever do see that again, it's going to be against a team like the Pacers or just purely out of necessity. Yeah, on a night exactly. where you have let's see. I think it was only him. One, two, Dean three, Wade. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. I think inactive. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. It was it well, definitely so, a last resort? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Literally nine inactive bodies tonight. So <laughs> not yeah. a whole lot you can do. The last starter in this game was again Damian Dotson. Um, his revenge game against the Knicks. Obviously, he'll get another shot at it here. The Knicks were his former team. Another kind of quiet night. Um, put up six points, two rebounds, three assists. Uh, went over two from three here. Uh, had a fine night. again, just just kind of quiet and didn't really do too much. And again, I think this is just is not the best environment for Damian Dotson on the floor. Where mm-hmm. you know you can't ask him to be your primary creator. Yeah. He needs to have a guy like like Darius, or I think when we see a guy like Colin, or even even a win just. You know, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, you need guys to kind of help him out. And when you're relying on him, literally putting him on the floor at the end of the game with Matt Mooney, Marcus Bolden, Dean Wade, and either Levi Randolph or Lamar Stevens, like, there is just nothing there to help him out. And in that case, you know, what are you supposed to do, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, not too concerned about, you know, the events in this game with, with... with Damien, again, I don't think there's anything really, you know, a, a new development here with him. Just kind of, again, like, not not concerned about this. With yeah, him. exactly. Not concerned I mean, about one bad okay. preseason. Not even that bad. It's just not a great preseason game. You know, a lot of his guys, his teammates were out. You know, he wasn't put into the best position to succeed. It's, it's just nothing too big. We'll move into the bench here a little bit more. Uh, one guy we got to talk about is Marcus Bolden, who played 22 minutes tonight and... 
again, you know, we talk about in that 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 closing lineup that just couldn't produce offense. That's not really something that should ever be asked of Marcus Bolden, but I thought he had a good game tonight. Eight points, five rebounds, um, shot 50% from the field, which, you know, fine. Overall, like, I, I really like Marcus Bolden. I, I, I did last year, and I, I, I do again this year. He's someone who I feel like, you know, especially on a team like this, and we kind of talk about, you know, if Drummond were to get traded, what other options do the Cavs have? I would love to see Bolden, and, and we could talk about Matt Mooney in a minute, but I would like to maybe see Bolden sneak in on that other two-way contract next to Lamar Stevens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I feel like, you know, he showed, you know, some great flashes, you know, as a post presence. He was making some post hooks, you know. Has a decent package, you know, post-move package. Uh, defensively, though, you know, he's altering shots. Like I said, he had three blocks, so, you know, he's shown some room protection ability, and He's really young. How old? I think Marcus Bolden's what twenty three at this point, or something I like that. So. I mean, yeah. So again, yeah, I'd probably like him over you know whoever else as that second two way guy, um, because he's shown a decent amount so far. You know, and I like like when guys show something. You know, it shows that of course they have something there, uh, or the Cavs have something there. You know, I was I was really impressed with what he did tonight. Twenty two years old, actually. Still, his birthday's in April, so even younger. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the other guy that I wanted to talk about here as you know that the current two-way guy, Matt Mooney got his you know first extended run tonight, had 22 minutes in this game, four points, uh, three rebounds, four assists, two steals. It doesn't sound like you know for someone who you don't expect a lot out of you know the worst stat line in the world. Mm-hmm. But I thought that Matt Mooney was really really bad tonight. Yes, like yeah, he just. The entire time on the floor, other than, like, the 1-3 that he hit, mm-hmm. just did not contribute positively yeah. in any way at any time. Like, uh, just, you know, routinely getting beat on defense, not being able to stay in front of anyone, not someone who can fight through screens. Mm-hmm. But not only just missing shots, but just, like, like Matt Mooney, like, if you want to stay on the floor, you got to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Like you are capable of hitting threes, and you're just yeah. flat up refusing not to even no. take them. Yep. And you're not doing anything else. You're turning the ball over. I think what did he have? He had four turnovers tonight. Mm-hmm. Just overall, not not a good. <laughs> yeah, not a good performance from Matt Moody tonight at all. Yeah, I, I did not like what I seen. Like you said, four turnovers, three fouls. I mean. <sighs> 22 minutes, it's, it's a preseason game, and most of his minutes of, you know, you could say, okay, it was against Dennis Smith or whatever. But, you know, I, I'd still like to see something. You know, he is, he is a, a pro NBA basketball player, you know, at the end of the day. But I, I did not like what I saw at all. So I feel like that is something that could, you know, factor in on whether or not the Cavs look to keep Mooney uh, in that two-way deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I try not to overreact to preseason stuff. But you have to at least show something, man. Yeah. Like, from from last year to now, like, what have you improved on? What have you gotten better at? Because there wasn't a whole lot that Matt Mooney was good at to begin with. Again, he's a reliable enough ball handler. But, again, he turned the ball over a lot tonight and, you know, kind of folded under pressure when guys got up on him on defense. Like, you, you're refusing to shoot the ball? Like, are the, are the Cavaliers going to wave Marcus Bolden and keep – 
Matt Mooney on the two way. Uh, I'd hate that. At this, I'd, at I'd this point, that. I feel like you should put Marcus Bolden on the other two way yeah. spot. I, I believe so too. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He just, he just at time just looked lost out there. Just didn't know what to do. Yeah, just a, a rough go from him overall. Looking down the list, we'll get to Dean Wade here. Dean Wade again. I thought played great tonight. Had nine points, four four rebounds, a steal and a block. Made three threes tonight. Obviously, there was you know most of those were open looks. You know, he had the one where Okoro just didn't look at him for like three seconds as he stands yeah. there right to his left, wide open. But Okoro finally found him and got him, and he hit the three. But again, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from from Wade here. Just. Again, looking confident with his shot. And again, tonight, like this is what we see that he is able to do. Again, he's not someone who is going to get his own shot with the ball in his hands. But if he is somebody who can at least, you know, and we ha- again, I, we have to see how he does it against actual NBA players. But if he is someone who can stay in front of guys on defense at least well enough against fours and hit threes, at, you know, when they're – when he has him open and willing to take them when he's open, Dean Wade looks like, again, like there, there could be a point in the season where he could crack the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Like you Especially said, Especially on nights where, you know, you, you don't have Andre and Kevin. We're definitely going to see some Dean Wade minutes this year. If he, if he keeps playing like this. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you know, big thing like me, like you said, the confidence thing, you know, he was taking those shots without hesitation. You know, he did have that one where Coro, uh, didn't see him, but he had another one. Uh, it was it was a nice one. Uh, I feel he, I believe Dennis Smith Jr. and Mitch Robinson had like a miscommunication. He was left wide open, cracked the shot. I I just love the no hesitation. I'm saying he had another one too, where he had a nice pump fake, you know, one dribble pull up, you know, sink that one too. You know, I like the confidence from Dean Wade. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, if there's nights where Kevin Love or Larry Ness doesn't play. You know, I'm definitely excited to see if the Cavs would look to play him in those positions and what he'd do in those positions. We have a couple of guys that got minutes tonight. Uh, Levi Randolph played 21 minutes. Uh, again, I think we kind of covered, you know, the whole Levi Randolph thing, you know, in the, in the last kind of, you know, opinion take on him. It kind of, you know, seven points, four rebounds, two assists tonight, a steal, a block. It, he played fine. You know, he was... He was Levi Randolph again, just a steadying presence among the G League guys. The flaws are obvious. Do you have anything to really add there? I think no. it was just kind of yeah, more I think the same we covered everything. Him. Yeah, we covered everything right and there. And the last guy, you know, to get minutes here was again down the stretch. Lamar Stevens played just under ten minutes. Had two points. Had two rebounds. Um, I, I think again, it's just it's hard to evaluate when you have Matt Mooney. Lamar Stevens, Marcus Bolden, and Dean Wade on the floor together when none of them are really capable of creating their own shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none yeah. of them are really, you know, able to create shots for others at a high level, at a high level. So Lamar Stevens, and, and I think, you know, he, he looked, what I was saying earlier is, Obviously, he's you know in his second preseason game. He's a rookie. He's an undrafted guy. The instincts aren't going to just be there yet. But he looked lost on defense a little bit in this game, like on multiple occasions. I think there was a play late where Obi Toppin was cutting to the rim and ended up getting a wide open dunk. And as Obi is cutting to the rim, 
Lamar is cutting to the corner, trying to cut off whatever, you know, thinking he was still there. Like, and, and again, that's things that will improve with time, but it, it's obvious that Lamar Stevens is a rookie out there, I guess yeah. you can say. Just kind of watching him, he does just look a little bit lost at times, which, again, is, is okay. He's a two-way player. You don't need to expect anything out of him. But anything else from these these, these preseason games? We have one left. Um, I think Chris Fedor reported that the hope was that Sexton and McGee were going to mm-hmm. be able to go for the yeah. final preseason game here on Friday. So I, I really hope both of them play, especially Sexton. I really just want to see how he's looking out there, I think. He just what he can bring on offense, his creation ability is going to help this team out a lot. Yeah. Just being able to generate points, but um, any, anything else here? Anything you're looking forward to? Anything else from these past games? Yeah. Um, also, you know, if Sexton plays, you know, we'd like to see him, him and Garland. You know, that small backcourt once again, and we see them how they pair up with Okoro. So that's another good thing I like to see. But um, lastly, I just like overall during this entire preseason how the team has played together. For one, and the defense has looked much improved, you know, and I like that JB Bickerstaff is making adjustments on the fly. You know, like I said, you know, they ran zone against the Knicks, you know, because they couldn't really hit. I, I just love that right there. And the Cavs played the zone well, you know, they're making adjustments. They're looking good on defense. I'm, I'm excited for what the Cavs could do this year. I, I really am. And I still think that they're probably going to be one of the worst yeah. defensive teams in the league. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can take a step above complete train wreck, that's progress. Yeah, that's, that is that's progress. Really, yep. That's really, you know, a positive step in the right direction is anything above horrible. So even if they're, it's not good, that's okay. Like, Yeah, to see flashes it, and such it, is great. It has been a good preseason, I think, yeah. up to this point. Like, the team, like you said, they're, they're playing together. They're, they're really pretty scrappy and just playing really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a couple of, you know, kind of upsets against the Pacers there and... I, I almost consider this game against the Knicks, like you said, a win. Yeah. Like, they had their starters in, and we had Matt Mooney in. Like, what yeah, do you expect? So. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. Um, one last thing I just kind of wanted to touch on here before we get out of here. Um, we talked about the ESPN Top 100 player list. So, of course, we have to talk about the Sports Illustrated Top 100 list. Um Cavaliers had two players on here, whereas the ESPN list only had one. I believe, where did the ESPN list have Kevin Love at? Did they have him at 77, maybe? I'm not too sure off the top of my head. Let me let me find it. Or 60, not 77, 64. They had Love at 64 on that. Um, still no Colin Sexton on here again. Like, that's not a surprising thing to me. But um, Love... Came in at 47 on here, up from 64. And Drummond, who did not even make the list on the ESPN Top 100, comes in at 58. Um, you know, I was kind of, you know, fine. I, I had a lot of problems with the the ESPN list overall. You know, I didn't love this SI one either. I, I, I'm just kind of tired of player rankings. Like, it's so difficult to rank 100 players and decide who's better than each yeah. other. But... I kind of, like, as far as where the Cavalier, like, where Love was, I thought 64 was kind of a range. I think 47 is a, a tad bit of a reach. And I thought that having Andre at 58 was a bit of a reach as well. Like, I kind of have him as more of a 70s, 80s guy as far as, you know, impact on the game. 
obviously Sports Illustrated is higher on them than I am, but how did you feel about their two rankings on this list? Yeah, like you said, player rankings are tough because, you know, there's a lot of criteria goes into it. You know, some players you have to, you know, different positions, stuff like that. It's hard to, you know, rank all these guys. Um, as for the rankings, I mean, there were kind of some eye-openers. I mean, just looking at this, they had P.J. Tucker ranked higher than Goran Dragic. Um had Aaron Gordon over Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I just I, I just don't know about that. And they had, once again, you know, Zach Levine pretty low at 75. So, you know, I think I think also um ESPN had Zach Levine pretty low. So it's kind of interesting to see how, you know, these so-called experts or whoever, you know, writes these view those high scoring guys who may not be the best defenders or are on teams that, you know, aren't winning much games. And I guess maybe that's the reason why we're not seeing Sexton on these lists, but you know, again, like you see, you can't really look too much into it. I mean, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of different variables that go into it. They also had you know Al Horford over Shea, uh, like it's it's yeah wow. okay yeah. Well, they they had Jaron Jackson, Shea Gildas Alexander, and Karis LeVert at sixty four, sixty three, sixty two. Yeah. And then Andre at fifty eight. Yeah. Uh, I I get you know youth and potential, but like even as this player is right now, like those are five or three guys that I might mm-hmm. take over Andre Drummond yes. right now, and it was close, but like I don't know, like Demontis Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. even like you know, just John Wall, like those guys being behind Kevin Love, I feel like is a little bit mm-hmm. generous as well. Like I think I don't know, I, I feel like Kevin Love has a little bit more to prove that he's ahead of that tier of guys. But I mean, I'll I'll take the I'll take the ranking. Yeah, you know, it's nice to see you know Cavs getting some recognition. Um, it is but, a little yeah. bit of respect. <laughs> yeah, just as you mentioned though, Demontis they have Tobias Harris over Demontis, which is a guy who kind of stunk it up in the playoffs over over an All Star. I don't I don't know, you know, but yeah, this is not on my list. So yeah, look at th- these lists are. They are always, yeah. and I I give them a little bit of credit. Like it's it's hard to make a yeah, top exactly. one hundred list. Like so many variables that go into it. If if this wasn't something that was popular because it stirs up discussion, like people wouldn't do this because it's kind of pointless and really yeah. really difficult. But again, it does it does stir up some conversation. Mm-hmm. So we're here to talk about yeah. it. Um, Amadou, thank you so much for coming on, man. Anything else That's you got to get off your chest before we get out of here? Um. I'm just ready for Friday. I, I really do hope Colin Sexton plays. I want to see this team, you know, at least the starting lineup, sort of all play together. And I think I don't. I don't think Kevin Love will play. Um, we might not even see Andre play. I don't know. Maybe he could rest or something. But seeing that trio of Garland, Sexton, and Okoro play will be will be great on Friday if, if it does happen. Well, with that, thank you out there so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening. Um, listen to another episode. There's plenty of them out there at this point. Um, subscribe so that you never miss a future episode. Rate the show. Give it a five-star rating. Leave a nice review. Do all that fun stuff. And uh, we will see you next time. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started.
Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.